Welcome back to Podcast 67 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season for the best contests in all of football and other sports. Please visit www.theszn.com slash OB and get signed up for any contest starting at any time. Time. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. If nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. What a weekend of football, my friends. I got to watch a ton of it. So I was very happy. With how things went in college, uh, NFL is pretty close to even being that both of my teasers went south, but my sides that I got early and some of the line value that I got certainly helped out a lot. And the numbers that I was able to play certainly helped out a lot as well. There is certainly some good, some bad and some ugly of the weekend and we'll get into that, but I uh, was happy to go seven and three in college football. And uh, the three bets that I lost were small. One of them was a free play. We went two and one in free plays in college football. And, uh, you know, things just went finally my way. And it's so funny that you don't think about it a lot when the lines do come into fruition. But line value is very important. And one of the reasons why I had a great weekend was because of line value. And I'll go into that a little bit later in the show. But another interesting thing is, it's funny how people have a perception that you made a bad bet if you lose. You know, it's just a perception out there that's not really addressed, right? I mean, for example, let's look at the NFL. What if you had the Broncos, you know, plus six and a half, and it goes down to plus six, plus five and a half on books, kickoff happens, and they got their butts whipped? Well, was that a bad bet? Not according to the market. Was was the market wrong? Maybe. But also, there wasn't any sharp stuff that was knocking that back up, was there? It's not like sharper people weren't moving that back up to six and a half. There wasn't a bunch of money that came in, right? What if it was plus 45, you know? The Broncos plus 45. The whole world and their mothers would be lining up at the casino to try to bet that. They would probably put massive amounts on and then they would have lost it lost by five points why would that have been a bad bet and not a good bet you know there's no point spread in the nfl that's 40 points but that's just how the perception needs to fade away that this is a random sport you know random things happen and you just want to get to the best information and the best part of the lines that you can because even if you have value and you think there's value who knows how the game's going to play out I guarantee you, if Miami played Denver 50 times, you probably get an average win of maybe seven points. <laughs> it would not be 50. It's just not how it works, and that's just the randomness of it. And people him and haw about it all week long. You're going to hear it all week long, and uh, 
The truth is you shouldn't let that sway you from what you're doing the next week. Bankroll management's important. If Denver Broncos was plus 45, I would have made it a 5% bet. Okay? I would have lost it, but that's the biggest bet that you should be making when you are a sports better. Some people say 3%. You know, 5% for me. And I rarely make them. I don't even think I have a five-star bet this year. I have a couple four stars, and thank God the Packers was on the money line at minus 125 instead of laying the one or one and a half that was out there. Packers did close the dog. Lots of weird information came out late that some players we thought were going to play did it. But either way, that's why line value is important, and that's why you shouldn't judge having a bad week on sometimes your decisions. It's just the randomness of the whole deal. But man, what a great weekend of football. I mean, you had Ohio State and Notre Dame. It was just one of the most exciting games for a low-scoring game that I've seen. Little screw-up at the end by Notre Dame coach. We'll get into that. But how amazing was that game? Alabama Ole Miss. Ole Miss is winning in the beginning. Alabama does what Bama does and ends up winning and covering. You know, it's like I said, the books are going to need Alabama. How does that make you feel, betting? You know, I mean... You have an old Miss ticket. The books need Bama. That's a little nervous. It's not often where the books need Alabama. And here you are betting on an overreaction from what happened away when Milrow was in the doghouse and it was a rainstorm in South Florida. Who, by the way, just covered their game and won it either uh, as a dog as well. During the Notre Dame game, I had Oregon State and Washington on another TV because that game was freaking electric as well. Had a nice win on Washington plus the three. Washington never was really in trouble that game. And uh, I thought that was maybe a better game, even if you like a little bit more offense. But from a size perspective, Clemson, Florida State was awesome. Crazy screw up by Clemson at the end. Missed the field goal. Goes overtime and loses. Had the game... In control, and Florida State gets that fumble from Klubnik and scores. That was an amazing game, too. But maybe this whole Washington State-Oregon State game becomes bigger later. Because what if one of these two teams, especially Washington State now, is in the discussion later? You never know what's going to happen. This Pac-12 is absolutely insane right now. The best football I've ever seen out of the Pac-12 is easily... This year so far. Such a shame what's going on there. But, you know, that's how it is. Once your back's against the wall, every team starts playing. Just very strange how human psychology works in those situations. And, of course, the NFL. Massive upsets coming on. Poor officiating was certainly talked about today in a lot of the shows that I listened to. But, you know, just big game crushers, teasers were broken. Survivors, 60% of survivors were just demolished this weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that in this next segment. But, you know, there's some really good teams. There's some really bad teams in the NFL. And there's just a hell of a lot of teams that are sitting in the middle. (laughs) So it's going to be... Certainly an interesting year and an interesting rest of the survivor. 
the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And we're going to get right into the good. The 49ers starting out on Thursday night. Wow, they, they took care of the spread. Uh, it wasn't even in contention. A lot of money came on the Giants for all these trend reasons and things like that. And the Niners just absolutely blew that up. Now, it got a little close, more towards the beginning of the third quarter. But then uh, they, they stepped on the gas and Brock Purdy started playing better. That, so that's basically what happened in that situation. Another good was line value. Notre Dame plus three and a half. Very important. The win versus the hook. Memphis plus seven. That was given out. It was still seven. And that back door pushed. So that helped my week. You know, uh, Packers, money line, like I mentioned before, instead of minus one or minus one and a half, even minus two in some books. The contest, unfortunately, was minus two, and I had to take an L there. But line value is very important to your betting, as I mentioned, and it was good this week. Curtis Rourke from the Ohio Bobcats, he's good. He's a good quarterback, and this team is much different when he's not playing. Uh, the Oregon Ducks, I mean, the way they smashed Colorado. Uh, didn't even mention that in the preview here. They put a stopping on Colorado, and it was over in the first half. It was so bad. It was like that Florida State win where they couldn't get over the win total, although Boston College did come back. Um, and when I said, I mean, I mean, team total, I said win total. Team total. And they blew out Colorado so bad they put in their second string, and didn't go over their own team total, so that, I guess, was a little bit on the bad side. Um, Dolphins offense, wow, is that good. And th- that's uh, something that you're going to have to remember going into the every single game. You know, their offense can keep them in games, and uh, as long as they're in sync still, they're going to be a very solid team. I was a little wrong on the Dolphins this year. They are better than I thought. I have them as a top-five team right now for sure. Actually, I'm top three. Uh, Colts and Texans. Wow. Uh, you know, two piss poor teams normally ended up winning their games, destroying teasers and destroying survivors. Not that just them. I should throw out the Arizona Cardinals. All of them were good this week, not only covering but winning those massive spreads. Uh, Charbonnet. Man, did you see that hit to Carolina, that D-back? He absolutely got throttled by Zach Charbonnet from the uh, Seahawks. It was uh, he was running at him and you know trying to throw a shoulder into him, and Charbonnet did the same thing, but used his momentum and tossed him about five yards from that. It was just amazing hit. And you know what? It wasn't a concussion type hit, so I'm not going to sit there and say it wasn't fun to watch. That was awesome. Uh, another good Matt Gay, four field goals over 50 yards for the Colts. Where the hell did that come from? Well, that was part of the win, too, and that's what happens sometimes. Every single player, for some reason, steps up that game. I don't know if it's the electricity in the air, but it was good enough for them to win it. But there was ulteriors that happened in that game as well. Now for the bad. Virginia Tech losing to Marshall was bad. Uh, This team has still not gotten over the hump and changed their terrible ways. Notre Dame's defense at the end of the game was really bad, and – they had opportunities, dropping interceptions to win this game. But was even worse was Marcus Williams. No timeout at the end of that game. He could have used one. And they only had 10 players on the field for two of those drives. Two of those th- downs. They didn't have a defensive end. And I'm screaming, 
Stop the run. Stop the run. Timeout. Didn't call it. Here you are. Lost your biggest game of the season. Now you have to be perfect to even have a chance to get in the college football playoffs after that. You, you had the game. You know, you got to finish that. Uh, Temple, they're bad at home. And there was another officiating blunder that didn't give Temple an obvious incomplete pass, which put that game over the total and ended up going over by two points. Miami scored a quick touchdown after that, so that drove me a little nuts. Uh, Old Miss betters were bad this week. We already talked about that a little bit. Uh, Michigan State, man, they're bad. And I just do not know what's going to turn this team around. They got crushed again at home, uh, not covering the spread against Maryland. Uh, low total games was bad for betters because Oklahoma State, Iowa State went way over. Uh, UConn, Duke went over which was supposed to be a weather game. And obviously the Temple-Miami game that I was on the under also went over. So those low total games got smashed to the over. Another bad, Nevada, the Wolfpack. They're just a bad team. They're going to have a shot at a win or two this year, but they're looking on the way to an under in their season win total. Uh, Another bad, Ryan Tannehill. He looked terrible against the Browns. And... I, I just shouldn't just pick on him because he was so awful that they couldn't cover the spread. Another weird situation where, you know, you thought the defense did maybe enough to let him hang long enough. Well, Tannehill was terrible, but a lot of NFL quarterbacks were terrible. Lots. Jordan Love was bad for three quarters in that game and then finally played decent. The receivers were the ones making that massive plays for the Packers. So he was bad. Desmond Ritter was terrible with the with the Falcons. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks were bad. Uh, Minshew was actually pretty good, and so was C.J. Stroud for the Texans, which makes the Bears, Justin Fields, looks even worse. You know, you, the mentor in Fields was uh, dominated by the mentee this week, and Fields looked absolutely lost, has no idea how to check down it feels. I, I don't know how much of the coaches it is on them and how much it's on fields. But, man, at some point, you know, you got to almost coach yourself and say, I got to throw it to this guy if this guy's not open. And it just doesn't feel like he's comfortable at all looking right there. So that's bad. The whole Bears organization, you can just say, is bad. Uh, worst ownership in NFL. Um, and then now to the ugly. And it's funny. You can throw the Bears in the ugly every single week, but there's – Worse this week, so that's why they were only the bad. Ugly was San Diego State's run D. Boise State was getting like chunks of 20 to 50 yards on every run, it seemed, in that Thursday night football game. So San Diego State, what the hell happened to you? You used to be a defensive school. Bad look for Brady Hoke. Uh, USC at ASU. Oh, geez, ASU. Was that you or was that USC looking bad? But that was just a close game until the end. You know, USC had no chance of covering this game. ASU, after looking absolutely putrid, comes back and covers this game. They played either minds and USC played bad and USC still won. The Jaguars, they looked ugly. Holy cow. Uh, They were never really in that game. And when they finally brought it to like within seven in the fourth quarter, they give up a punt return touchdown to a fullback. A fullback, my man. A, a, a slow-moving fullback that's not a starter. 
That was absolutely insane to watch. Another ugly, survivors. Like I said, 60% of them were knocked out. That was just ugly for people this week. Now, I'm actually kind of happy. I lost two out of six. So I'm down to four. And I started with 10. But most of the field is definitely out of the survivor game right now. And I'm just kind of right there in the middle. So I feel like I lost 60% of my entries. But I was happy that I had two on Seattle, two on San Fran. And even though I had two on Jacksonville, there was a lot of people that did worse with the Cowboys, the Jaguars, as well as the Ravens this week. Uh, Sam Howell's turnovers. Four passing interceptions. Seriously, they gave up the spread more than anything else. I had them in the contest, but I never played the plus six and a half at least. But man, I mean, it went down to five and a half. I thought it was going to rain more. And then on Sunday morning, I'm looking, I'm like, it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to be rainy or that windy. And it really wasn't. But Sam Howell looked terrible um, giving up the game, giving up the spread. There was just multiple times where they could have got three points, seven points. Just blowing it on fourth down as often as they did was really pathetic. Uh, NFL refs in general, there was a, a point where Cleveland, uh, it was Amari Cooper. They called him out of bounds and he wasn't even like, one inch from the line or two inches or six inches. He was more than a foot from the out-of-bounce line. How the hell do you just phantomly blow the whistle like that? You know, how bad of an official you are if you just call things based on assumption and not your eyes? That that was awful. And then there was one where Alexander Madison fumbled the ball. His forward progress was not stopped. It just happened as he hits the line. And they said there was a whistle that blew him down, which there wasn't, but the replay doesn't confirm the fumble. You're like, what the hell happened there? And if it was forward progress, they don't allow you to challenge that anyway, you know, at least on the fumble part of it. If they say the whistle was stopped before forward progress, they would tell you that. I mean, that's how confused these refs were. This was Sean Smith's crew that did that, you know, absolutely unreal. And then finally, the Ravens game, they literally didn't call, Cleet Blakewins guys did not call a clear defensive holding slash pass interference on the Colts on fourth down that would have gave them the probably the game, you know, because another five yards are getting a field goal, and you know uh, Tucker ain't missing over two 60-yard field goals, and I believe they would have gotten into 50s or 40s there. But Cleet Blakeman's crew was looking at the pass interference. You could see the ref, and they didn't even call it. It's almost like the guy wanted to the Ravens to lose. Or he had like he had a vendetta against them during maybe something happened in the game. I don't know, but that was how do you accept that? How does the NFL accept something this big? Especially when so much money's involved when it comes to fantasy football survivors, you know, which is really what keeps the NFL going, as we know. In the first place. That's terrible. A Broncos Rundy. I mean, how do you get eaten up that bad, Broncos? That was absolutely pathetic, giving up 70 points. I mean, I looked, it was like 61, 63 points. I'm like, man, most of this fourth quarter is still available. And then Mike White throws the garbage touchdown, which is a kick in the ass to Zach Williams, which I can also, or, or Zach uh, Wilson, which I can put him in the ugly every single week. But man, that Broncos run D was terrible. Uh, Notre Dame's 
timeouts and the 10 guys on the field was ugly. Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, punting uh, fourth and three on the 40-yard line uh, in overtime or before overtime. And then Northwestern scoring, forcing overtime and winning was absolutely ugly, P.J. Fleck. Your rowboat is sinking over there. Uh, And then Kirk Cousins not spiking the ball at the end of the game to give him an extra play or two was absolutely ugly, trying to stop that clock, and then he throws the interception at the end. Very ugly for Minnesota fans, and maybe the biggest ugly was that night with Josh McDaniels was down eight with two minutes left and not all of his timeouts. He kicks a field goal to be down five. A freaking field goal, you know? With that Raiders defense, he kicks a field goal. It just blows my mind how these guys are making millions of dollars and don't even know how to do the game. Absolutely unreal. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. All right, now it's time for a little college football week four misleading final scores and key injuries. Coastal Carolina's yards were garbage, so I won't mention that in our Georgia State, and we nailed that game on Thursday, I believe. That was great. Uh, Virginia outgained NC State 384 to 319, a 2-0 turnover ratio and bad plus side of the field on both ends really hurt the Cavaliers. Purdue outgained Wisconsin 396 to 388, yet lost 38 to 17, a 3 to 1 turnover ratio and bad special teams tackling hurt Purdue. Kentucky only outgained Vanderbilt 365-328, yet won 45-28, a 3-2 turnover ratio, and boneheaded red zone plays hurt Vandy. BYU outgained Kansas 366-351, yet lost 38-27, a 3-0 turnover ratio hurt the Cougars. UMass outgained New Mexico 495-328, yet lost 34-21, no turnovers, but 11 penalties and poor red zone hurt the Minutemen. Wake Forest outgained Georgia Tech 386 to 380, yet lost 30 to 16. A 4 to 1 turnover ratio demonized the Deacons. Uh, Appalachian State outgained Wyoming 417 to 208, yet lost 22 to 19. A 2 to 1 turnover ratio and poor red zone and boneheaded mistakes just hurt App State. They had that game. Akron outgained Indiana 474 to 282, yet lost 29 to 27. A 3 to 2 turnover ratio and 10 penalties did them in. And Washington only outgained Cal 529 to 502, yet Cal lost 59 to 32. A 3 to 1 turnover ratio hurt, but so did Cal's defense. Hello, Justin Wilcox. That's your thing. Uh, key injuries. Quarterback Tyler Shook from Texas Tech is now out six to eight weeks with the broken fibula. Quarterback Gavin Hardison from UTEP's day-to-day with an arm issue. Quarterback Phil Yurkovic or Jerkovic from Pitt left the game with a concussion. And wide receiver Lincoln Victor was on crutches after the Washington State versus Oregon game, uh, which is a little rough for Wazoo. College football week five betting spots, so letdown spots. Oregon could be a little flat at Stanford after crap talking Colorado this week. You know, they were saying they're playing for clicks and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that kind of makes it into a little bit of a letdown spot. I would like to say some other teams, but a lot of them are buys. I mean, Washington State had that big win, and they're on buy this week. Uh, Wisconsin on the buy. 
Let's see who else is on the buys this week. A lot of big names. Uh, Florida State is on the buy, so no letdown spot. Miami is on the buy. Uh, Ohio State's on the buy. So a lot of these teams with some big wins are definitely on the buy, so that's interesting. Get-up spots. Colorado needs a get-up versus USC this week, that's for sure. Uh, Stanford could save their season versus Oregon. Vanderbilt needs to get it together versus Missouri. Kentucky unranked needs to wipe out Florida, who somehow is ranked. So that's interesting. That's a big get-up spot for Kentucky. And Notre Dame needs to beat Duke to stay relevant. Look-ahead spots. Missouri could be looking past Vanderbilt to LSU. Louisville could be looking past NC State to Notre Dame. Oklahoma looking past Iowa State to Texas is possible because that Red River rivalry is coming right up here in a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, Texas looking past Kansas to Oklahoma is possible. NFL, misleading final scores from week three. The Packers outgained the Saints 340 to two. 52, yet only one by one point. A 1-0 turnover ratio and 10 penalties are at the pack. Also, Derek Carr's injury might have made that a little misleading, but I don't know. Winston's not that much worse than him. Uh, nothing misleading in the 726 yards and 70-point Dolphin Broncos game. Just want to let you know, nothing misleading there. The Broncos just got their asses kicked. Uh, the Jaguars outgained the Texans 406 to 366, yet lost 37 to 17, a two to zero turnover ratio. But um, the poor special teams was really a big part of it for the Jaguars, allowing touchdowns and field positions. Uh, the Ravens outgained the Colts 364 to 327, yet lost 22 to 19. Poor special teams as well, and poor officiating got the Ravens. Uh, the Cowboys outgained the Cardinals 416 to 400, yet lost 28 to 16. A 1-0 turnover ratio, poor red zone, and 13 penalties got the Cowboys. And the Raiders outgained the Steelers 362 to 333 at lost 23-18. to A 3-0 turnover ratio uh, did them in. And also Jimmy G being banged up and poor coaching. <laughs> Killed the Raiders. Kind of like the Bears. The Raiders are probably worse than they were last year even at this point. All right. Moving on to NFL Week 3 betting spots. The Texans hosting Pittsburgh after winning at Jacksonville is one. The Colts hosting the Rams after beating the Ravens is one. Get-up spots, the Jaguars in London versus the Falcons is a get-up spot for them. Cowboys hosting the Patriots after losing to Arizona is a get-up spot. And the Vikings at Carolina after the pathetic look at the end of the game uh, is a get-up spot as well for the Vikes. Uh, looking at spots, liners look, Niners could be looking past the Cardinals to the Cowboys. It's kind of possible here, even though Cardinals are division. Uh, Steelers looking past Houston to the Ravens is possible as well. So not the greatest part for the Steelers or the Texans. Texans in the letdown. The Steelers slightly shorter week being the night game, but uh, also looking to the Ravens. Now it's time for our free play that we're giving out for college football week five. We're going to go right to Kentucky versus Florida. Florida coming off a win. Not that convincing of a win against Charlotte, who's a very bad team. But now they're going to Kentucky. And Kentucky, with Devin Leary, isn't looking too bad. Now, Vanderbilt was able to move the ball on them. But I don't think that Florida is necessarily going to be able to do that with Graham Mertz. I think Graham Mertz chokes in these situations a lot. And now he has to go to Kentucky, who has the better defense and maybe also the better offense. And Kentucky's laying three points or less. 
Florida did get Tennessee, obviously, but Tennessee more pummeled all over themselves, if you remember that. Florida had a bad showing at Utah, and Kentucky has taken care of business. Now they've had an easy schedule, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt, but a very easy schedule, and now they're coming into this Florida game uh, seriously ready to make a statement. So we're going to take Kentucky minus 2.5 for two stars. Another warned me about getting into cars with strange men. This isn't a car. All right, now it's time for some fantasy football with our guy, D Nasty. All right, now it's time to talk some fantasy football. D Nasty is back, fresh back from a Packer game. And what a game that was, huh? Dave just uh, pulled it out at the last minute, didn't they? I know. I couldn't believe they did that. It's, it's an awesome game to watch. I loved watching it. Uh, I didn't think they were going to pull it out. Uh, it, was, it was looking pretty bleak there at the start of the fourth quarter, but uh, Love's proven his worth. I, he's a solid quarterback. We'll see how he goes the rest of the season, though. But, hey, they could easily be 3-0 right now, or they could easily be 1-2 right now. Well, uh, I, I, I know that's true. I watched the game, and Love looked terrible the first three quarters and then figured it out. He also had a couple receivers. I think it was his name's Reed or something, drop a few before then he made an awesome catch at the end like his receivers were really helping him out at the end too i think he's still Gray dropped a couple balls on him yeah gray so was it yeah yeah and uh you gotta remember too without aaron jones and without christian watson was there too i thought they'd be back this week too i was like shocked because the packers were my biggest play this week and i'm so glad not as a bear fan but as a sports better that they came through for me so that was pretty awesome but you know what else has come through dave you know what else has come through? I think you gotta, you know, know what might be coming right now, my friend. Who's who's the top running back after three weeks <laughs> in the NFL in all of fantasy football? Who is it, Dave? Raheem Mostert. Yeah, baby. Yeah, boy. Is it? Is has this been a yin and yang conversation over the past four years? Of us doing that. Uh, can you believe Raheem Mostert, after the first three games, is the top running back? But i got to tell you, that Dolphins offense is sick. Oh, it's just it's awesome. I got two in a bunch of my dynasty leagues, so I'm, I'm loving life right now. We just, fingers crossed he stays healthy this whole year. He's, gonna be, he's fun to watch. Well, I, got, I traded Taylor for Mostert in that dynasty league that I'm in with you, and I got two in that one, too. So that was fun. Uh, now... We'll talk about A. Shane a little bit. That was pretty dang amazing. He actually scored more that week than Mostert. But um, what an offense. And I think this is going to be a fun team as long as Tua stays healthy you know, throughout the whole season. So I uh, had to rub that one in for you, Dave, just a little yeah, bit, my friend. I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> all right. All right. That made me happy. But right now, there's no bye weeks yet. I think they start next week, actually. Let's Correct. get into some key injuries, Dave. Uh, you want to start? Sure. Uh, yeah. One of the big, biggest one was Derek Carr last night. Uh, they said he has a sprained shoulder. Uh, it's not as bad as they originally thought it was going to be. Uh, he still didn't stay. Still, have to give a timeline yet on how long he's going to be out. Uh, it's looking like it's only going to be a couple weeks compared to multiple multiple weeks or it could be several weeks. So they're looking at probably just a couple weeks right now. So one to two weeks right now is all they're hoping. But Isn't his uh, left shoulder, too, his non-throwing shoulder? I believe it was his throwing shoulder. Oh, it was. Okay. I... Right shoulder, it said, yes. Oh, AC, okay. That was... joint, AC joint sprain in his right shoulder. So uh, they're saying that it was his right shoulder. So it is his throwing shoulder. So 
Uh, that is pretty major, but they're saying it's just a sprain, though, so that's actually good news on, on that front. Um, so. I missed in, – in, uh, was there any tonight, any injuries? I missed uh, the second game due to co- – I had to coach baseball, my son's baseball team. I was trying to follow it to be in, on downtime a little bit, but – no injuries, no major injuries that I saw tonight, no. Okay. Not in the game tonight. Okay. Uh, another one was wide receiver Mike Williams with the knee. Uh, he, he could be out a few weeks with that one. So no, that was definitely... He tore his ACL. Oh, I didn't see the update yet, so okay. Yeah, he's screwed for this season. Wow. I'm glad I don't have any uh, stock in him in any of my leagues. So that's, <laughs> that's one good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, geez, after, after the game, I uh, was taking and evaluated for concussion. Uh, I did watch that game, actually, and Jimmy Garoppolo was hit really hard, and he did come out of the game then. I don't think he was coming back in the game then, but they still put him back in. So you got to kind of wonder about the concussion protocols again for the NFL, especially with all this stuff with Tua last year. But Jimmy Garoppolo, keep an eye on that situation. He may not play this week, so uh, but it could be nothing, though, as well. Uh, a couple of key IDP guys, Devondre Campbell for the Packers, uh, key IDP guy, he's an ankle injury. Uh, and then we got Jonathan Mingo that has, has a concussion as well for the Carolina Panthers. And then Gus Edwards has concussion again. So concussion, a lot of concussions this week, actually, in the NFL. Uh, so, but what did you have? Any other I, I had all those except for I added Julius Chestnut, being that he's a second string for the Titans. He was hurt against the Browns running back. So Julius Chestnut was banged up. He hurt his hammy against the Browns. So a little bit death pit for the Derrick Henry Um train over there and on the good injury front uh joe burrow did play tonight no tds and he had intercepts a couple interceptions but he did play and he did look healthy tonight so uh that's one good thing on that injury front going forward yeah i'm glad they won that game too I was uh sweating that one out myself uh well that's yeah it, it's nice not i mean it sucks to lose mike williams uh i besides that nothing too serious Derek carp you know who cares uh sorry car it's just you're not my guy uh well i'll go the waiver wire then and obviously before the car injury you're going to pick up famous Jameis uh from the saints and you know he's he's got probably a higher ceiling a little bit than Derek Carr, but also a lower floor if he throws five to six picks in the game so that could always happen with him i hate to say it but i think james winston did help us win the game this past week when he came in they, they could not really move the ball i did not look good when he came in either this past week so but i do agree definitely a high ceiling he could, he could go off for three four hundred yards easily in a week and throw two three touchdowns but he'll get he, to, to kill him and he'll get first team reps this week so that's yeah. that's that could help him uh, running back D- Devon A. Shane, oh, man, I mean, what a beast. And he's available in almost every league, only owned in 16% of leagues. I guess people weren't buying this before, but to be honest with you, he was a massive part of that Miami win. Now, you wonder if it comes down to the end, if they're really, you know, in a tougher, closer game, is it all monster? I don't know. I think either way, this guy is going to get 30 to 40% of carries for Miami. I think he's going to be a massive pickup here and prepare to spend some money on him. Um, now, you know, you might want to pick up Jeff Wilson or somebody that's currently on IR that's going to come back too because you want to make sure that he's kind of handcuffed a little bit because you know those San Francisco 49er systems like Mike McDaniel was part of that. They really run the running backs into the ground. So just remember that one. Uh, yeah, and Wilson is supposed to be back in week five. Just like you said, though, so they said that he could possibly be back and take away a lot of his carries. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Yep, and and wide receiver Tank Dell from Houston 
was massive with 21 targets and 15 catches. Just amazing. 21 targets for Tank Dell. What? Well, you know, C.J. Stroud's starting to pan out a little bit, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, feels good I drafted him, too, in that Dynasty League. Kind of stashed him in my uh, in my taxi right now. Uh, wide receiver Josh Downs had 24 targets for the Colts, too, Dave. Josh Downs, I was really shocked at that. Yeah, yeah definitely like those both of those guys. Yeah, why not? And, and, and tight end Zach Hurts kind of came back from the dead a little bit and looked good for Arizona. We'll see if that can keep up, but that was interesting. Uh, Ty- Kylan Granson. For the Colts, got a good game with a touchdown. Rondale Moore for the Cardinals played great, so if Rondale Moore is available, I'd look at him. Uh, Sky Moore for the Chiefs looked good with 112 yards and a touchdown. I feel like Sky Moore should be the number one receiver there. I don't know why. There's Rasheed Rice and a couple other guys there, obviously. Uh, the uh, uh, What's-his-face that just can't ever stay healthy, too. They dropped all those balls. Uh, the first game for the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I think he's on a short leash. Uh, and and um, for the Mike Williams or torn ACL, I put Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson. I'm not sure which one's going to get more. I think in the early stage it'll be Joshua Palmer, and then they'll maybe put Quentin Johnson in more towards the end of the year, being that he's a rookie. So I kind of like them both here to take. Uh, and one of them's going to go off. I just don't know which one. Yeah, and I like Josh Palmer a lot. Uh, he had 13 targets in this past game after he went in, and he held an 8 for 83 and a touchdown. He had the amazing catch where it bounced off the defender and into his hands for the winning touchdown. <laughs> that was insane, that was awesome. dude. That was yeah, insane. that was insane. I like Josh Palmer, though, definitely. Uh, I had a lot of the same ones you did, Tank Dell. I'm not going to go into detail on him, but definitely he had he had a huge amount of targets this past week. I like him. Adam Thielen's a guy that you didn't say that I kind of like this week. If If – Andy Dalton starts this week again. Uh, Adam Thielen was busy this past week, catching 11 of 14 targets, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's still got some gas left in the tank, and Andy, Andy Dalton seemed to favor him too. So, uh, And then they're playing a defense that in the Vikings that uh, ranks inside the bottom 10 in passing yards and passing touchdowns allowed. So that's actually a really good matchup for Thielen. So I, I like him. Taysom Hill at tight end, I like him. After Carr went out, Jameis Winston seemed to go to him a lot. Uh, they actually did work. In Taysom Hill quite a bit more at quarterback in, in some of those trick plays uh, with Carr out of the game. So Taysom Hill could see some more snaps at quarterback, at tight end, and at receiver. So uh, he did get quite a few more snaps and quite a few more plays called for him after Derek Carr went out. Uh, another guy I did like, Quinn Johnson, like you said, but I do definitely like Josh Palmer more in that situation. I think Quinn Johnson's more of a third down back still, and Josh Palmer kind of slides into that starting role. Ty Spears, uh, he's actually done very well this year. Derek Henry's kind of underperformed so far this year. Uh, Spears has actually got 82 rushing yards on 15 carries this season, a 5.5-yard average. So maybe going forward, he does see some more carries possibly going forward. Uh, Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks. I may have pronounced that wrong, but he's actually coming out as well. Uh, totaling 46 yards rushing on nine carries this past week. And he's seen his touch count increase for a second week in a row, too. So uh, they're liking him, kind of like Ashan. Ashane, he actually, last week, he's, he's he's actually coming on, too, as a rookie. So uh, definitely a guy you want to keep your eyes on over the next couple weeks. Even with Walker having big games, he's still getting carries as well. So he's still getting his share of carries. I do like Devon, like you said, Ashani for the Dolphins, uh, for the reasons you stated. And the last guy I have on my list, CJ Strahd for the Texans. Uh, he's not owned. Uh, in that many leagues right now, he's still underperformed. But he's actually, his numbers are very, very good. Uh, 30 pass attempts in each game. He's averaging 40.3 pass, 
pass, passing yards per attempt. Uh, and he's actually thrown for 906 yards and four touchdowns and zero interception for a rookie. Uh, he's currently ranks fourth in the NFL in passing yards. So uh, for a rookie, Stroud has been awesome. If, if he's still out there, if you need a quarterback uh, with some of these other guys getting hurt, he's the guy you want to grab. Yeah, Stroud, you know, why not? Um, if you need a quarterback, if you had Derek Carr or something, uh, Stroud is out there barking. And so I don't mind that, especially if you have a two-quarterback league, something like that. That'd be a pretty interesting, like our league. Um, no, love it. Let's move into players trending up, or non-starters at least, trending up for week five, or week four, week four, NFL. Yeah, week four. Uh, first one off my list is going to be Jaden Reed. Uh, with Christian Watson out, uh, he may be back this week, but Jaden Reed has actually been coming on for the Packers. Uh, he had a couple touchdowns the previous week. Uh, he had some big catches this last week as well. So I uh, like him is trending up right now, especially if Watson is out again. They're going to look to him. Uh, against the Lions. That's a big matchup this Thursday night. So definitely one I will be watching. Uh, another guy that's trending up, uh, I do like against the poor Minnesota defense, who I just talked about, is Adam Thielen. I like him uh, against the poor Vikings defense. Uh, and then I also do like Bryce Young if he does play, but otherwise, if not, I do like Annie Dalton against the Vikings defense too, since they have such a horrible defense and, uh, and they rank him towards the bottom and giving up passing yards and, and passing attempts allowed. Uh, I do like the him as well against the poor Vikings defense. Uh, actually, one guy I'm going to like this week who might be on the down slope right now, I like Josh Fields this week against the Broncos. Broncos just gave up a 70 spot to the Dolphins. Uh, Fields needs to bounce back and have a good game. Bears are in disarray right now. I hate to say it, buddy, but they are. Defensive coordinator. It's not issues. like I'm not used yeah. to it, my friend. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I'm looking for Josh Fields to bounce back. He's got to have a good game sooner or later. I think this is the game against the Broncos. Uh, they're both 0-3. Someone needs to win this game. Uh, I hate to say, but I think the Bears have a shot if Justin, Josh Fields uh, has a good – Justin Fields has a good game this game. So I'm picking him. Actually, I like him. I like Deshaun Watson. Even though he's playing the Ravens, who are pretty tough, I like Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, he's been actually trending up these last couple weeks, and he's looking better every week. He's so a borderline like, starter, though. I would say he's a borderline yeah, he starter. Is. He's borderline, though. I think Jerome Ford, too, had a nice nice game, too, with his first start with Nick Chubb out, too. So I do like Jerome Ford as well. I like both of those guys this week. Even though they're playing a tough Ravens D, I do like, I do like them. I think Can't Jerome think Ford is definitely a starter. I mean, he's Nick Chubb's role right now. He's one of the top running backs I would play every single week. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll cross that one off my list, though. But how about Kenny Pickett, though? Kenny Pickett is a guy you're not usually starting. I like him against the poor Texans D. So Pickett, Texans yeah. get up a lot of points to quite a few people. So I do like Kenny Pickett this week, actually. No, that's for uh, sure. I, I agree with you. And, and no, you used Jerome Ford once. I'm not like saying, no, you can't do that. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I think going forward. He's my starting a lot of league. Yeah, going forward, he's going to be, just remember him is all we need to say. Yeah. Uh, I do like Josh Downs, who we talked about as as. as Guy you're looking to pick up this week. I do like him training up against the Rams. Uh, Rams have a decent defense, but uh, Josh Downs is definitely on the upswing here. I do like him that this week. Uh, I do like uh, if if he does start like James Winston this week against the Buccaneers. I don't think the Buccaneers' pass defense is that good. I do like James Winston this week. I do like DeAndre Swift, who's a borderline starter right now. Two good games in a row. I think he's the starter now. Actually, there uh, he got he had another good game this. Actually, tonight, uh, yeah, over 100 he had, yards. He had more than Gainwell, didn't he, this time? Yep, he did. And uh, he had over 100 yards tonight, and Gainwell did it. But they, they had a similar amount of carries, but 
Uh, and DeAndre Swift is definitely trending up after last weekend. This week in the great. I, I'm glad I won without him because I started the wrong one. I started Gainwell, so oh no, I, I won by ten anyway, though. So oh well. Usually I yeah. lose those situations. <laughs> yeah, I like Josh Palmer this week against the Raiders. Uh, I do like Mac Jones against the Cowboys. That their, their defense is with losing Trevon Diggs. That was a huge loss. Uh, I do like Max Jones this weekend. There's the, the Cowboys secondary. Their secondary is uh, hurting right now with the loss, that huge loss of Trevon Diggs. I do like Ronald. Uh, uh, actually, no. I'm sorry, I'm going to take that one back. But I do like the Seahawks this week. I like Kenny Walker. Uh, and I do like Geno Smith against the poor Giants defense. Now, I agree with most of those. Uh, I have, of course, A. Shane against the Bills for another yeah. week. Yeah, throw him in. Uh, Javante Williams, I even mentioned, because he kind of got downgraded since he's been bad with the Broncos. But I think against the Bears, D is going to be good. And on the other side, yeah, I put Justin Fields. You know, sure, he'll have a, he might have a, finally a good game, you know. And it sucks for Jeff's people that drafted Justin Fields. Dave and I tried to warn you guys about it. And, uh, if you didn't listen, you didn't listen. But uh, you know, maybe you can, you know, scavenge something by uh, grabbing, just like we said, off the list, Houston Texans QB. You know, and uh, that would be huge for you. I think uh, there's a couple guys out there, Kenny Pickett, like you mentioned, that you know would make up for that Justin Fields draft pick. You know, so the, you have that. Uh, Devontae Smith versus Washington's bad pass D, probably probably a starter. Khalil Herbert versus the Broncos bad D. Going back to the Bears. Tyler Lockett versus the Giants D, so I agree with Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett. Uh, Zach Moss versus the Rams, poor run D. Uh, I think, yeah, I yeah, like the Zach Moss one. Yeah, you saw, you know, what's-his-face run all over the uh, the the Rams tonight. And, uh, you know, the Rams just don't have a good run D, and it's really starting to show. Uh, Elijah Mitchell versus the Cardinals, poor run D, so I think Elijah Mitchell, second stringer on the 49ers, is you know going to give uh, CMC some rest? Uh, wide receiver Cortland Sutton versus the Bears pasty. I, I like him too. So this could be a really ugly scoring type game. Um, I think he could have a bomb from Russell Wilson. And then Quentin Johnson, I put versus the Raiders D. But to be honest with you, you talked me into Josh Palmer. I think a little bit more. I think I would rather put Josh Palmer there. So I'm gonna probably switch that but Quinn Johnson could have a big game too it's just yeah I, I, just like I, do like, I do like Josh Palmer a lot a lot in that game like he's one I forgot to mention actually but yeah I do like that matchup you know too. what I, I'm gonna add Jared Everett too I'm gonna add him he's a good tight end yeah I like that one too as well and I do like the Jonathan Williams one that was one I forgot the Bears have one of the worst I think rush defenses in the league for against the run so yeah. uh, I, I, I totally agree with you on the Jonathan Williams one. I like that one too as well all right, then moving, we'll move into bus then. And I have Josh Dobbs versus the 49ers. He had a great game versus the Cowboys, but sorry, I'm not playing him versus the Niners if you he can't help it. Uh, wide receiver or quarterback Mac Jones versus the Cowboys D is a uh, little dangerous, I think. I know you kind of liked him, but I disagree with that. I, I had to put him on my bus. I just think the Cowboys D, even without Diggs, is going to come for revenge after being embarrassed last week, especially. They could be mad. And Michael Parsons is a beast. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But uh, I think the Trevon Diggs is a bigger loss than they're, they're letting on for the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens this week. Definitely. All, right. All right, we'll see what happens. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson versus the Chiefs defense is very rough. And as a matter of fact... <laughs> I hate to say it, but Garrett Wilson's getting downgraded for the whole rest of the year until they get a quarterback over there. That's really sad that 
Wilson's throwing to such a Zach Wilson's throwing to Garrett Wilson. It's uh, one of those Wilsons don't belong, and we know which one that is, my man. Uh, Delvin Cook versus the Chiefs defense is also rough. It's like, what, what, what's he going to do? You know, uh, they're Brees Hall's the number one guy anyway, so um, Delvin Cook's kind of a bust. Uh, James Conner versus the 49ers defense is a bust. Jordan Love versus the D- Lions defense is rough, too. I think the Lions really stepped up their D. Um, I know that they screwed up a little against Seattle, but one of those was a pick six. Um, so, but the other two games, they played really solid defense, held what to the Falcons like six points or something most of that game. And uh, it might have been the whole game, actually. And then running back Brian Robinson from the Washington versus the Eagles D, I think is going to be a little rough too, Dave. No, I agree with you on most of, the, most of those. I said the same ones. The 49ers, I don't like Dobbs or Connor against a tough 49ers D. Uh, I don't actually like Pachinko. Uh, or Jarek McKinnon against the Jets. D. They have a good run D, and they still have a really solid defense. So downgrading them. Mahomes is still going to get his, but I don't like the running backs against the Jets' D. Uh, they, they, they got a tough defense. Uh, I agree with you, too, with the commanders. I don't think Sam Howell or the running backs for the commanders, uh, Robinson or Gibson, uh, do anything against the Eagles. They have a tough front four there. Their line is pretty stacked there. I don't like the Buccaneers against the Saints. Even though the Saints gave up some points to the Packers at the end, their defense is still legit, and they still have one of the top run defenses, I think, too, as well. I don't like Rashad White against the Saints. Uh, they have a really good defense, actually. I don't like Rashad White hasn't done much this whole year yet. No, he had one good game, and that was last previous week. So uh, I'm definitely downgrading him. He's probably one that's kind of probably been on my trending down list actually this week as well. I don't like the Texans against the Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's defense has been playing better every week this year. Uh, TJ Watt is just a beast too. Plus, he's a former Badger, so. But, yeah, former defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt, he's been looking better and better. The Steelers' defense as a whole is just looking better. This may be the first week that he struggles a little bit. And I don't like the running backs there. Eagle Singletary's kind of taken over for Damian Pierce, so definitely downgrading Damian Pierce. Uh, He hasn't really done much all year yet, uh, and they're playing a tough Steelers' D as well. So I'm downgrading that one. Uh, Only other one I don't like is the Dolphins. The Bills have a good D, so I was kind of surprised with your uh, pick for Devon against them. But I don't think he, I don't think he does have a good day against the Bills. The Bills have a tough D. Yeah, I, I watched that game last year though. Miami put up a ton of points in like a snowstorm against the Bills. Miami just has a great coach and a great system, so that's why I still like him this week. And you know what? Uh, could be wrong, but uh, the Bills defense played who? Uh, oh, Sam Howell, who threw four <laughs> interceptions and uh, completely gave the damn game away. So screw him. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Falcons this week. I think the Jaguars' defense is a little underrated as well. Uh, but I don't like the Falcons. I like Ritter, but I still like I still like Robinson. Uh, Robinson's still going to get his. I think he, that that rookie is just electric. When I watch him against the Packers, some of those juke moves and some of the steps are just unreal. Oh, Bijan uh, is yeah. disgustingly good. Yeah, the problem is they yeah, need to get the, they need to play with the lead there in Atlanta, and so yeah. But and, so I'm definitely downgrading the Falcons. Though Bijan is going to be downgraded a little bit, but definitely Ryder too. Well, they're playing Jacksonville, and Jacksonville lost to the Colts, but they seem to have those boneheaded mistakes every year and. Jaguars yep. still favored by three in London. So this is a London game, and you wonder what's going to Bijan's going to look like in London. I just he might be it might, might, that field might play to their strengths for Atlanta too. So I'm really him and on about that one right now. But we'll get into that one later. Sounds good. Well, what's your nasty sleeper, buddy? Give it to us. It's Monster, right? Monster. Oh, never mind. You can't <laughs> you can't use Monster. He's too good to be a sleeper. My nasty sleeper this week. I'm going back to the well, man. I'm going back to the Badger days. Russell Wilson 
I think Russell Wilson has a day against the Bears. Uh, I think Russell Wilson has his best game of the year so far this year and wins you this week. All right. I, I mean, that's that's very possible. He better. Um, because if two most embarrassing teams playing each other in the bull, Denver's favored, um, my nasty sleepers running back Zach Moss. And I kind of mentioned him already against the Rams defense. As you see, Mixon ran all over the Rams. Um, he should feast against this Rams defense. Uh, the Rams had that first shocker week one game. I don't think it's sustainable. And obviously they had many opportunities against a, a hurt Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, poorly coached team that, uh, they couldn't capitalize on. I think they're just going to kind of keep trending down. And I think Zach Moss is going to get his. Maybe the Rams win this game. I don't know. I actually do kind of like the Rams for the win. But um, I think Zach Moss gets his. So he's my nasty sleeper. So what, do you, what happens next week with Jonathan Taylor back? That's the that's the main question. Now, Zach Moss has been playing well. Do they trade him or do they does he play next when he comes back? Well, I think that Taylor lost a little leverage with Zach Moss playing so good. And for the fact that Anthony Richardson is also a runner, you know, it's almost like – you know, it's like, come back and play. He's got to make money this year, but it's just going to be one of those weird situations. Maybe they even downgrade him a little bit. I don't know what they do with him. I, if it was me, I'd run him to the ground just because, you know, that's what coaches should do if they, they're going to lose their guy. I mean, wh- why would you not? Exactly. Of course, he could fumble and screw you back, but um, I don't know. It's just uh, a very strange situation. But this week it's Zach Moss because he's going to want to prove that he's the man this week, you know, so – I like it. I like it. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Anything else we missed? No, a lot of big games, a lot of big upsets this past week. So there was quite a few games that went different ways that you didn't expect. So football's always fun on Sunday. So looking forward to another week. Football's fun on Sundays. We have a couple quick questions from Briscoe. Would you guys trade Mike Evans and Stevenson for Olave and Jerome Ford in a PPR league? I'm going to guess one point PPR. Um, it's, it's not a dynasty, I'm assuming, right? Um, Stevenson, you know, he's one of those players that will have some games. I don't like Olave so much with Jameis Winston. Um, this, I I don't love his coach so much, but I do like Jerome Ford a ton. I think Mike Evans is a little bit old in the fact that they played the Bears and the Vikings threw his numbers way out of whack. So I would I would prefer the Olave and Jerome Ford side still over Mike Evans and Stevenson personally, Dave. All right, I'm a little I'm a little different. I'm a big Stevenson fan. Uh, he does get a lot more PPR points and the reception part of it. Uh, he is a receiving back. He does get a lot of receptions. So I would still value Stevenson more just because Cream Hunt is going to get more carries going forward. And he's going to cut into some of Jerome Ford's touches and receptions. And Ford, and Hunt will probably get more receptions in that backfield than Ford will. So I'm leaning Mike Evans and Stevenson, actually, on this one. So I do have to disagree, unfortunately, because I think Stevenson's more of a more receiving back. And he's going to get you more receptions. And he still is the guy there. Elliot Zeke is only going to take a few touchdowns away from him once in a while. So And and over the first three weeks, Stevenson still has been the man there. So... And Mike Evans is still a good receiver, and he's a top-notch receiver, and he's going to be looked at, looked at in the red zone by Mayfield when he's down there as well. So I like that another trade, unfortunately, better. You know, it's, it's nice to have some disagreement. I think it's a very good trade. It's a very even trade, you know. It's a very even trade. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, because I don't think either, either side wins, loses out, really. It's a very equal trade, but I like the Mike Kevin Stevenson side of it still. Right. Okay. No, fair enough. PPR. That it does it does favor Stevenson more than Ford, basically PPR, but I just think Ford's gonna get straight up volume 
over there. And Hunt will get a few passes, but he's out of shape. I think Kareem Hunt's out of shape still. So I'm still leaning forward here. Um, good stuff. Uh, Derek says, rank these three raver options. Thielen, Palmer, Dell. I'm going to go Palmer, probably Dell, then Thielen. And, and the reason that is is because Palmer's going to slide into Mike Williams' position. Thielen has no quarterback to throw to. Uh, and, and Bryce Young's going to come back and play, and he's not ready yet. But now that they, you know, put they, they, they can't ruin the kid's confidence they're gonna bench dalton because his confidence is growing so you could expect him back and i just think that dell's got cj stroud the taller quarterback on the texans that might even have the better coach so i'm gonna go palmer dell Thielen. dave what about you uh i'm actually if i could do one a and one b it's gonna be palmer and dell uh, i think i'm gonna put dell a little bit higher because i think going over the for the rest of the season uh, they're going to look to Dell more. I think he's going to take over that second spot. You're even possibly first spot there. And Nico Collins will be like the one, one B, one A or one B guy in Houston. So I like Dell. He's, he's only been coming on every week more and more. Uh, Palmer is really close behind him though. So it's really like you could either one of them could be your first round pick or your first waiver option. But uh, I'm, I'm sliding Dell just a little bit just to like his potential going for the rest of the season. But Palmer is going to be very valuable as well. So those are guys are very close. And I still have feeling third like you did. Uh, but Dell just slightly edges them out at one, and then I'd say Palmer two. But the, like I said, that's very, very close. It could go either way, and I definitely agree with you, you as well that it could be one number one as well. All right, good stuff. So no Thielen on that one. Just pick between Palmer or Dell. All right, well, great stuff. If you guys have any questions for us at the Ozbreakers, email us at info at theozbreakers.com. Tweet us at the Ozbreakers. Enjoy the rest of your week, and go get some winners.